Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Chance Brown, another week. What's up, my man? I'm rolling. We're rolling, rocking and rolling. That's my favorite. That's my favorite catchphrase to say at school. Anyway, today we are doing our episode on knowing oneself, and we're going to get to know. Well, get to know ourselves. Um, <laughs> sort of the same thing I was saying. But the idea today is we're going to talk about spoiler alert, spoiler alert, meditation and mindfulness practices, and just other ways that we have gotten to know our our habits and our patterns of thought and um, behavior, really. So, so chance you want to get us started off today? I I, I know that uh, our big thing today that we want to talk about is meditation and how what our journey with that has been so, thus far. So. Can you tell them about our Heck about your yeah. experience with that? Heck yeah. So I got to give credit where credit's due. I actually got into meditation because of Corbin. So thank you, Corbin. I appreciate it. No problem, um, dude. And I'll go on and I, I won't say her name just yet. We'll see what she thinks. But one of our one of my one of our friends actually has begun the meditation process due to Corbin, and uh, she's really enjoying it as well. So I think it's. I'm not going to say it's it's not silly. For me, it was really meditation. Like, do I want to sit in a chair and close my eyes and think and do nothing and lay on the floor and do nothing? And It wasn't weird. It just didn't feel like something that I would do. Um, I'm all over the place as far as running, playing sports. I, I want to be active. And sitting down and just essentially doing nothing is very difficult for me. But I think... Uh, in one of the meditations I was doing, the gentleman who was doing the guided meditation was pretty much saying, you have to be okay with doing nothing. That's a portion of meditation. Obviously, you can do meditations in different ways. And for me, that was eye-opening. I was like, wait, so that's like the skill I need to learn because I can't sit and do nothing. I'm always, I want to be efficient as possible. I want to get all these things done. But a lot of the times, that will lead to my stress because I'm going from one thing to another. And then, you know, while someone's talking, I'm thinking about this one thing. And while I'm doing this one thing, I'm thinking about the next thing. And while I'm, it's always the next thing, the next thing. And you can't live in the moment. And meditation has kind of allowed me to focus in on the moment. Because if you don't live in the moment and you live in the next step, the next day, you don't always get the next day. And you're going to, I mean, not to be blunt about it, but you're going to be, you're not going to be here before you know it. Great. You're going to be yeah. watching all the moments away. So, so Chance, how do you? What's 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 describe to them a little bit about what meditation is, like what what the what the aspect of it is. I, th- I think starting from the framework and giving them people that don't have background in it um, would be good because I think there's a lot of uh, misrepresentations of meditation like out in culture. Um, so I, I think I'm going to introduce it a little bit and then we can continue to talk about it, but. So, Chance and I use an app called Calm. Um, I think it's I think it's on pretty much any app store. We we both have iPhones, but I think it's on. Um, it's available for Androids and all sorts of things. But anyway, it is a meditation mindfulness app. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff. They've got like sleep stories, which help you put uh, like help to put you to sleep and to relax you. They're sort of they're not boring stories, but they're very 
um, they're very calming, very soothing. Well, melodic. Yeah, they're they're melodic. Wow, Chance, that's very really nice. I don't know where I learned that word. <laughs> Music. Um, but but anyway, so the idea behind meditation is one. There's this do nothing idea, but at the same time, you are learning to to focus on something. You're learning to eliminate and eliminate thoughts or not eliminate thoughts I shouldn't I shouldn't say it that way but be more present in the moment and be more mindful and observant of what's going on to you actively so an example and something that a lot of people do this is the common thing that they call a home base which is basically your point of focus your de- your decided point of focus is on your breath um, with all the sensations of the breath with the Whatever, whatever sensation, whatever part of it is most um, pertinent or outstanding to you. So it could be the feeling of air moving in and out of your nostrils. It could be the feeling of air hitting the back of your throat. It could be your belly sort of poking out a little bit or your shoulders raising. You know, any part of the, the breathing process that, is mo- that stands out most to you. And you're focusing on that, and you're getting as deep into that sensation as you possibly can. And that's the basic premise of it. And and you're you're living, you're living in that in that home base. So that's that's the basis of it. Um, Chance, you you want to say something about your experience as you were getting into meditation and how you how you felt with that? Well, yeah, no, I, and I kind of, if, if we can go back just real quick for me, and what it kind of leads into it, my prior experience, like I said, meditation, it was kind of, do I, do I really want to do meditation? I don't know why. I wasn't necessarily opposed. It was just kind of, like I said, the whole outgoing thing. But for me to sit down, relax normally with whatever, if it wasn't a busy day, it was busy in my mind. It was one thing to another, what's next, da-da-da. It was a way for me to lay down because I normally do it laying on my back, eyes closed, lights on so I don't fall asleep. Sometimes I will fall asleep and then it turns into a 15-minute nap. Anyways, that's that's off topic. Um, yeah, I don't know if you knew that, Corbin. It's, um, it's on topic and yeah, so, you, you've told me that before. It's on topic. Sweet. So, um, I forgot, I forgot the, the main thing I would, where I was Just going. Just talking about even, even on the days that you weren't busy as far as movement, go doing things, your mind was still busy. Oh, I know what I was going to say now. It was a matter of like, I thought it was time consuming. I thought it was going to, I was like going to sit there with my hands up, like oming for an hour. And I was like, I can't do this. This is so time consuming. and I don't have the patience to sit there. And I realized that this app was 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like it was a short span of time, long enough to hold, to improve my focus level. And Corbin kind of used the word eliminate your thoughts, but I can't. Dis- and I know no, you kind of ran away. That, from that, that is not. That's I, not a good term there. Actually, everybody forget about no, that. No, but no, I. It's I, really not. No, I like it. I it, no, it, but it eliminates those running thoughts, and you you become more in control of your thoughts. So it eliminates the ones that you don't want to think about, mm, and allows yeah. you to center your focus on the ones that you do. And again, I'll, I'll go back to work. I think work is it's a very prominent topic to talk about uh a lot of my work consists of a multitude of things things are flying in and out as far as responsibilities 
tasks, this, that, and the other. Well, I found that the most, the most productive I can be is to solely focus on one thing at one time because I'm, I'm committing all my attention to that one thing. And I, I mean, I referenced this in the last episode, but kind of back to meditation, what meditation has done to get me to that point too is it allows you with that home base to learn to solely be able to focus on one thing and relax in that moment to enjoy that one thing you're doing and slow the noise around you. Um, and I've, I've realized, I think an impact from meditation for me is sometimes I wasn't meditating and a lot of times I would get more stressed throughout the week. But if I took like a 10 minute break, you know, included in my lunch break or something like that, or if I could just find time at the end of the day, even before I went to sleep, just for 10 minutes of meditation, I could find my weeks became a lot more relaxing. And a lot of my stress, I was even more aware of because of that concentration level that came with meditation. And I'm curious, Corbin, I'm going to pass this over to you, but yeah. i got a specific question. Sure. Um, what would you say has changed since you started meditating in your everyday life? That's a great question. And here's the four things. Here, Well, here's the four meditation muscles that are deemed by a guy named Jeff Warren, who, it, um, if you're interested, please check him out. Um, he's one of the meditation authors and one of the people that records for the Calm app. And a lot of the, the actual... The introduction, um, there's a 30-day Let's Learn How to Meditate course, and Jeff Warren narrates it and and wrote the meditations. But anyway, there are four med- main meditation muscles in his mind. They are concentration, clarity, equanimity, and compassion. So, and I've seen... All four, and I'll get into these terms and talk about them a little bit, but I've seen all four of these things enter into my life more and more while meditating. And I, so I actually saw these muscles. He has one that's specifically called meditation muscles, and within there he outlines these four. Um, but before then, I was noticing them crop up in my life. Um, so concentration. When you're meditating, like we said before, and the, all of these things carry over into life. Um, it's called a meditation practice, and that's because the more you practice it, the more crossover you get. So, 10 minutes of your day or less carries over into the rest of your day. It is the 10 minutes of my day that that um, transforms the rest of my day. So, the concentration muscle. And when you're meditating, you're concentrating. You can concentrate on a lot of things. But we talked about just the breath, for example. You're learning how to focus on one thing at a time, like Chance was talking about. One thing, do it well, be in the moment with that thing, and and to to live in the present. Do well with that thing and enjoy enjoy the process of concentrating on your breath. So I, I pull that over into daily life um, because I can sit there a lot better than I used to be able to and concentrate on doing schoolwork or concentrate on being in the moment with my friends you know so I, I have a lot of that concentration dripping over into my life but the second muscle is clarity 
And this one is going to be very, very important in our exploration of stress and anxiety. I'll go ahead and give you that teaser. Um, and this sets the foundation for, for working with stress and anxiety, in my opinion. Because clarity is the act of when you're breathing, and you, once you guys do try meditation, I, I hope that you do, and maybe can come back to this episode and listen again to see how you relate with these things. Um, but clarity is the process of whenever you are breathing, our thoughts tend to wander. So you'll be sitting there focusing on your breath, and then the next uh, moment you notice Bang. yourself and you're... Yes, and Corbin. You're, That's what I was going to say. And you're floating away, and it's sort of... Um, you're like thinking about what you're going to have for dinner, and then you start worrying about, you know... You start drooling because you think about dinner. Right, exactly. You start drooling because yeah. you think about dinner, and you start, um, you know, worrying about work the next day or worrying that your partner's upset with you or whatever, but you notice that your thoughts drift. And the clarity muscle is about noticing that you're no longer solely focused on your breath. And this is what the, the point I was going to make to go along with this is being accepting of the fact that your brain does yep. that. That was the biggest thing. It was an eye-opener, and I said, and I would almost get mad at myself and say, dang it, I was doing so well. I had focused for a full minute, a full five minutes, a full however long it was, and I was like, and then I called myself thinking about something for like a minute or two. I was like, I was lost in this past thought or this future plan or this whatever it was, or if it was dinner. Yeah. And I would start thinking about this. And then I would come back and say, Dang it, I missed out. But instead, I've learned with meditation, it's, no, you're you're back. You're aware of it. Now you're improving it because you're, you're getting that clear. Yes. And I'll get to that in a minute, actually. That's my fourth meditation muscle um, in a minute. Sorry, no, it's, it's, Sorry I'm jumping It's all down. good, man. Um, but it's the connections. Between, there's a lot of connections between them, and we'll, we'll continue to flesh this out throughout the episode. But just as an outline, that clarity of knowing when your thoughts are drifting away from your focus, or even the clarity of being in your body and realizing what's going on. Like with me, I use this a lot with my muscle tension. Um, when, especially when I was having a lot of mid-back pain, I would use this technique quite a lot um, in that I'm noticing the back pain. And there's and a weird thing happens, and I can, I'll talk about this more later. Whenever I'm leaning into that tension, the tension seems to evaporate when I'm not resisting it. So, there's that. There's this next word. It's called, it's, this is one you may not have heard of. Um, it's called equanimity. The idea of equanimity, it's a mental calmness, a composure, and evenness of, temp, of temper, especially in a difficult situation. It's sort of, Jeff Warren says, it's sort of a inner smoothness. There's smooth inner smoothness, yes. And you manifest this in meditation by, so if there's something going on in the background, you know, maybe you got a dog barking in your house, let's just say that, or kids yelling, or, or there's something going on. It's sort of the act of non-resistance against these things. You know, sometimes we, there's, there's things that we consider to be good and there's things that we consider to be bad. And we generally tense up and put up walls against the things that we consider to be bad and embrace the things that are we consider to be good. But in this case, if things aren't perfect in your meditation room or 
you're a little cold or whatever. You don't resist against these things, and you're able to keep an evenness of within yourself as opposed to resisting against something. And it's called inner smoothness. It's not getting worked up about things. It's not being reactive in your thinking. It's just being present and being there without being disrupted. So that's the equanimity muscle. And then fi- and, I, and I've, I've seen this in my life, man. It's helped me. It's helped me to be cool in situations where I'm more stressed, especially whenever I've um, been able to carry that over into my life, which has begun to do that. And then the final muscle is compassion. It can be, largely in the context of meditation, it's this self-compassion. Chance was talking a minute ago about, and this is such a good point, and I felt this way for a long time too, if I caught myself in meditation and I was noticing that my thoughts were straying, I sort of had this A-type personality thing. I've got to get it right. i got to get it right. You should be doing this, Corbin. You should. Be, your thoughts should be perfectly focused. It's only your third day. Yeah. Um, Come on, Corbin. Exactly. The compassion itself, compassion in saying, hey, that's okay, and talking to yourself like you would talk to a good friend. Um, and, it's, and it's crazy, too, because... What you normally do, or what I normally do, is the exact opposite, whether you realize it or not. It's literally, come on, Corbin, you can do better yep. than that. You can't focus for two minutes. Yep. And it's silly because you might not think about it, but we had a. Uh, well, I, I won't, I won't, I won't reference. I'll reference myself. I mean, I play certain sports, and it was a third person yelling at myself. I'm like, you, know, you realize oftentimes that you do that in so many, so many ways. If it's in your head, if it's out loud, but you're talking in third person over here discrediting yourself when the reality of it is you have to encourage yourself internally. I mean, yeah, you don't want to over compliment, I'll say over compliment yourself, but you have to give yourself credit for. Yeah. Okay. This was a, this was a prime example. Actually, I don't play golf, but I played golf yesterday. <laughs> it was kind of, it was really fun. Um, but it was funny. Like I hit this shot and I hit it on the green. And I was like, and I'm, I'm terrible at golf. If I'm getting to the green, that's amazing. Like, after 10 shots, if I'm on the green. And uh, I was with my friend, uh, we call him Pops. But I was with Pops, and uh, he was like, that was awesome. And I was sitting there like, oh, I guess I was awesome. Like, I, I expected to get that on the green. Like, I wanted to get that on the green. And, but it's about, you know, giving yourself that credibility, you know, being having that positive attitude. But it, it relates in life and meditation. But anyways, that was my, my quick interjection. Back to you, Gordon. <laughs> No, that's... It's a newscast now. (laughs) That's all good. And the funny thing that I learned from being self-aware and doing meditation, which is what a big part of what this cultivates, is that I was clamping down on myself and being non-compassionate to myself out of a knee-jerk reaction. I wasn't sitting there thinking about, I'm going to be mean to myself in this moment. It was a habit. And I started noticing that I was... I would sort of resist and say... And the reason I said, withdraw that thought earlier... The reason that I was talking about that and saying don't do the thing where you try to eliminate thoughts and force them out of your head is is because um, that you're resisting against yourself and you're not being compassionate to yourself. You self love. Yeah, there, there's self love, but it's it's the actual meaning of that because I think we say that a lot and nobody knows what that means. We're just like self love, and we're like do a no, right. do a face mask at the end of the night. It's like, but really learning what 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 that means. Um, and, and learning what your 
innate tendencies are that that you've worked that you're subconscious and what you're doing to yourself you don't even really realize you're doing to yourself and you find a lot of that out through meditation and mindfulness so yeah, they're hard I've, that, that's so true i've realized the things that i've already started to find and then there's still things that i find even now well, i'm not saying even now I, I mean half the time i'm still i always expect more out of myself so oftentimes i'm like oh you did bad today in this aspect or you did you could have done better but it's, i realize where does that really get me you know yes yeah, so yeah. i push myself and do the best i can in most aspects of life but it, i don't know that's that's just a really relatable topic and i think i think yeah to some extent most all of us experience it well well the thing is chance and they say with these practices you shouldn't be focusing on about how well you did in the practice it's not about forcing yourself and trying to get it right the fact that you're practicing is you doing it right and not resisting against against I'm not progressing enough or I'm not doing this. It's the the art of letting go is a part of this. Letting go of those oh, I have to achieve this right now idea because that like puts that. a lot of pressure on yourself and a lot of stress and anxiety. All this ties into that theme. True. Patience. I like patience. They're great. They work well with this too. Yeah. <laughs> so Patience of getting better. So, Chance, have what what have you seen in your life that um, that has changed with meditation? Like, what what's been your journey? Tell me about your whole process through it. Can like can, can you reflect on that? Like like the uh, timeline. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's funny. You know, you kind of go through those steps, and the first thing I realized was the not the frustration, but I was almost upset with myself that I was so bad at it. I was like, well, you know, I did well. I did well for a little bit of it, but then I kind of messed up on some of it. And I was like, was it really worth it? Should I just listen to it again? Meditation has taught me how valuable listening is. I'm terrible listening. And I understand that about myself. And I don't, I mean, I don't like it. I wish, obviously, I was able to listen more. And it's a lot because I talk a lot. But it, meditation has made me aware. I obviously knew I talked a lot initially, but it's made me aware of how much I don't listen when I'm not talking. It's because I oftentimes prepare for what I'm going to say and keep that on my mind instead of listening. Now, what I'm doing in this podcast, what I've realized is I'm truly listening, or I'm trying to. Obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, to listen to everything Corbin's saying. And when I get the time for a response or an interjection i'm losing my train of thought because i've never practiced listening to this extent so it's it's now a balance between learning how to listen and then gather my thoughts to actually respond but this literally is a prime example of what's going on right now and it's likely due to what's meditation's done for me to be patient to be mindful and to realize these things yeah, Chance, I think that's an, an, a great illustration of of the point of looking at... Sorry, I just lost my train of thought just in, in what you were just saying. Um, it's it's a good illustration of... Well, here, I'll interject and ask you a yeah. question. Uh, oh, oh, wait, no, it's sorry, sure. I've got it. It's, it's a good illustration of you being aware of picking up on your own habits and tendencies. Like, it's... Like you picking up on them and noticing your behaviors and noticing your thought patterns and knowing the the things that you tend to do 
being aware of that because that's really a really important piece about this that is going to be or what has been proven to be a good way to handle anxiety at least the this is the first step of doing that being aware of your behaviors or tendencies your cognitions as aka your thoughts I don't know if I want to say the name or not. This is not my credibility, so I'm not. I don't want to take credit for this. I don't know how you say that. Anyways, get to the point. It was a. Well, what happened was an example that they used in in school. I don't know if it was elementary school, middle school, high school. Said no. It says a professor, so I'm assuming it's college. A professor gave a balloon to every student who had to inflate it, write their name on it, and throw it into the hallway. The professor then mixed all the balloons. The students were given five minutes to find their own balloon. Despite a hectic search, no one found their balloon. At that point, the professor told the students to take the first balloon that they found and hand it to the person whose name who was written on it. Within five minutes, everyone had their own balloon. The professor said to the students, These balloons are like happiness. We will never find it if everyone's looking for their own. But if we care about others, people's, other people's happiness... We will find ours too. Thought that was really cool. Wow. We'll relate it back to the compassion portion because I don't know if there's a topic. That's yeah, relatable. that's awesome. Well, and there, there's a meditation where you visualize yourself being a node in in a in a large social network, but nodes being like like in electrical sense, but it's like sort of like an energy that you're putting off into the world. And it's we're all connected in this web in some manner or another. And it, yeah, it is that compassion having it for other people and feeling um, feeling fulfilled because of that and feeling like you're this is name of the podcast, the Peace and Purpose podcast, man. The purpose, my purpose at least, is helping people to gain that satisfaction and happiness in their lives and to pursue their own purpose. I almost see myself as a, as a catalyst for people to fulfill their own goals. So I like to think that I'm, I am helping someone find their balloon in the hallway. Like I really, and I hope that that's what this podcast is doing too. And even tying it back to meditation, in that, in that meditation, that's the muscle I'm flexing. I'm intentionally going, I'm saying, you know... I'm I'm putting out this energy to people. And there's one meditation chance. I don't know if you've done this one or not. But they have they take you they walk you through different steps. There's one step where you just exude you wish someone the you imagine someone that you love, a family member, a close friend, or a close partner, whatever. And you focus all your attention on imagining them, and you imagine them them doing something and being happy at it. Being happy, yep. And being so happy. And you imagine that, just viscerally. And you say to yourself, things like, I I hope that you find peace. I hope that you feel loved. I hope that you feel that you are deserving of love. I hope that you feel fulfilled. You know, you say these things to yourself. And you... You just imagine and you think of the person, just enjoying it. Then you move on to someone who you don't really know, but you're sort of neutral with is the idea. And with that person, you can it could be, you know, for example, somebody that is checking you out at the grocery store. You know, maybe 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 they're not so neutral if they took too long, you know, but but something <laughs> something like that. 
But um, you imagine them and you do the same exercise. And then you go to a final person. Someone that you find difficult. Someone that you don't agree with their, with their beliefs. Someone that you find annoying. Someone who has done you, done you wrong. Done you really wrong, even. And you do the same exercise with them. And it strengthens that compassion muscle, that compassion for other people. And really a compassion for yourself, because as we were just mentioned with the balloon example, if you're helping someone else find their balloon or actively being compassionate towards them, then you are being compassionate to yourself because it is greatly fulfilling and it just gives you a feeling like no other. So I think it does connect, Chance. I don't know if I don't know if you have some insight here, Corbin, on uniqueness. Yeah, but that's where we're headed here. Definitely. So this point sort of um, wraps back to last episode about this. So the last episode, and we didn't introduce mindfulness quite at that point, but um, leading into this, we were talking about figuring out for yourself what areas of your life cause you a lot of stress, cause you chronic stress, whatever. And that's going to be different for every person. That's why at the end of the podcast we didn't go, these are the three areas that are stressing you out, because that we can't say that because we aren't you. So in this part, we're saying we really want you to harness mindfulness and meditation in order to reflect on what your stresses are and later, you know, figuring out what we need to do about how, how we need to handle those stresses because we've got different methods we're going to work through with you later on. But here, we want you to be mindful, figure out what your needs are as far as, you know, knowing yourself and what it takes to water your plant um, is, is a metaphor I like to use for um, all, the, like, all the things we have to do to get a plant to grow. You've got to have the fertilizer and you've got to have the water and you've got to have sunlight and all of these things. Some plants, you got to dust the leaves and, you know, all these different things. But for us, you got to figure out what your fertilizer is and what your water is and what your sunlight is. you got to figure out what you personally need to live with a calm mentality, one that is alive because you aren't held down by anxiety. Um, so that's the point of this, and we want you to use mindfulness to begin the process of getting there. And I did this... And there's other things we're going to break down later in the season that I'm doing now. And I discovered after mindfulness, actually very recently, I discovered um, that I didn't even realize that mindfulness was laying the framework so that I could continue to work with stress and anxiety um, and absolve a lot of it for myself. So Chance, I saw you were writing something there. What, what, what you doing? So check this out. I'm very visual and I think, I don't know why this went into my mind, but I thought it was really cool to think about it like this because it's very eye-opening. So imagine imagine you wake up and imagine that your thoughts just are now allowed. You're not necessarily more aware of them than you were. Your thoughts are just allowed. We're going to say you have somebody really close to you that kind of knows your daily routine, knows you the things that you do in life. And they just kind of observe you. They stay out of your way, and they have a a recorder. And your thoughts are now allowed, and they're getting every single thought, you know, that you're thinking. 
if it's repetitive, how many times it's said, whatever. Maybe you wake up and you go, I'm really tired, I'm really tired, I'm really tired. I don't want to make my bed. Do I make my bed? Like literally every thought. Imagine breaking that down, putting it on a recorder, and then typing it out, putting it in a book. All 24 hours of the day, or however many you're awake. So, you know, whatever your daily routine is. What are you thinking when you're brushing your teeth in the morning? What are you thinking when you're taking a shower? What are you thinking when you are about to go to school, when you're about to start work? What are you thinking when you're about to get off of work, when you're about to finish your last class? Uh-huh. What are you thinking? You know, imagine that. And then imagine listening back or reading that book. What would it look like? What would you see as consistent trends? What would you see positive? How much positive? How much negative? Yeah. Think about that's that's cool to think about. It's literally meditation has thought taught me to think about what I'm thinking about. Yes. And in doing that, you structure your life because yes, your life is in front of you, but your life is in your head. Yeah. It's your thoughts. It's your yes. It's your experiences, but it's how you gauge those experiences. You're observing. Maybe. You're observing your own mind. That's what's happening. But it's but it's so cool if you think about it in that way. Imagine you know, like I said, the person recording you, and then they they write it all out for you, and maybe you know they they condense it or whatever, and they highlight certain points. What well, what are you going to be reading? What's that going to look like for you? And then the question is, are you know, let's say positive is highlighted in green, and the negative is highlighted in red. And we minimize it so much that you're just seeing a big screen of all that you thought about. How much is that red and how much is that green? Are you thinking positive thoughts? Are you thinking negative thoughts? And if so, it's a breakdown of, okay, well, what's driving that and how can we change it? Because right. we, I mean, to some extent, I would say we control our thoughts. I might go back and reconsider that. But we do have a strong grasp. Yeah of controlling our thoughts whether we realize it or not but as but as far as mindfulness goes as far as mindfulness goes you're getting an in you're get you're getting an insight into what that book looks like right chance exactly so and you, it, it allows you to strengthen the ability to change that red to green you're getting yes yes but but as far as this step goes you are getting you're you're actually getting to look at the book and see what sort of contents you're looking at Yes, like th- I think that's, th- a, that's a great connection. This gives you your groundwork. That's the, that's yes. the idea behind it. That's one idea, especially with, with stress and anxiety, that is the through line. And that's, that's the beginning of our journey about how to work with this. Boom. This is mindfulness. Um, so, I, would, I would drop my mic, but it's in a stand. <laughs> so one, one other thing that I do want to mention about this, even though we haven't talked about this as much, is... This is a good way to deal with acute anxiety. So if it's if it's a really bad, well, just in general, this is a great way to calm down at the end of the evening and make a separation between your work and your play. Um, this is also a, um, a thing that a lot of breath work that people do um, in the cases when they're having a panic attack. Um, so... That meditation is good beyond just becoming more and more aware. There are some... There are some calming effects that are in the moment calming about this. Um, there is something called box breathing, um, and we'll probably provide some information about that whenever we post this. But box breathing is um, you breathe in for so many seconds, say six seconds, which is you know making a side of the box. You hold your breath at the top of the inhalation 
for the same amount of seconds. You breathe out for that same amount of seconds, and then you hold your breath with no oxygen for that same amount of seconds, and then you repeat that. And that is something that has been well-researched in anxiety work, and I believe has been used in the military as well um, in difficult moments. So that's, something, that's hard to hold your. That's hard to hold your breath on the out breath. I was doing that while you were saying it. I was building a box. I like that. Yeah, and and you you can start out with as low as as few seconds or as many seconds as you'd like. Um, but there are a lot of healing effects in the moment for that. Um, there's also a technique called progressive muscle relaxation, which helps you, which is body work with mindfulness, um, as opposed to thoughts, because there's there's body work and then there's um, thought work. A lot of the mindfulness practice is focusing on things going on physiologically or in the room or sounds or whatever. Um, and this is an example of, like, your home base is you relaxing your muscles. Um, but you're focusing, like, you'll start down in your toes and relax muscle group by muscle group all the way up to the top of your head. Um, and this was great. I actually used to do this before I went to sleep to relax me. And this would usually put me to sleep. Um, so if you're looking for something for that as well, this is helpful if you're struggling with um, not being able to go to sleep um, on with with maybe less serious conditions. But I mean, try it in any level. I mean, this, like I said, this isn't um, advice from a professional, but this is something that um, I've used um, just to relax relax me in general and to um, handle some anxiety in the moment. Uh, so, unless we had, do you have any other main topics you wanted to cover? Because I'm going to, I was going to do the, the challenge. For yeah, me. I don't, unless we have more reflections on our experiences with meditation. Are, are you, are you set on that chance? If you are, then I'm set. I'm set. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, go ahead. I won't, I won't, uh, steal your thunder <laughs> this time. You go ahead and do the challenge. Um, so kind of. Streamline based off the conversation we had, our challenge is going to be to, and Corbin can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to, we want you guys to check out meditation. And, you know, in this sense, we're going to kind of promote the Calm app. I think there's a free free trial portion of it. But uh, I would challenge the first 30 days, but let's just start with, I, I think personally I'd say five, five out of seven days a week. Would you agree, Corbin, or are you, you I say, for more? I say that you guys set what you want to do. Anything is something with this. Um, and I, I like think in like the, the idea behind any of these challenges, our through line is don't... I think we mentioned this in the very first, um, like when we did our overview of the entire series, um, don't go overboard with it initially. So, like and, and do the... I mentioned this also in the first Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, who is a well-known podcaster, um, talks about um, the minimum effective dose of a, of something, of a meditation practice, of a exercise regimen, whatever it is. Um, and for this, we want you guys to small start with the smallest, just anything amount of meditation. It could be something, and you think to yourself, like, um, is it really any point in doing it for this short of a time? I think that's where you want to start. Um, just the minimum you possibly can, because then 
it takes less activation energy to actually take on the habit as opposed to trying to do a long period of time and do it every day and do all that stuff so that you can actually stick to it. Um, with that being said, if you do feel like you can do it every day, that's great. Um, but, but yeah, and Chance and I, I started on the Calm app in the most stressful time of my entire life, the most anxiety-provoking and it's sort of been the genesis of the anxiety I've had over the past year. And I started with that app. And slowly I've been able to walk out of my my anxiety. And uh, I'm still working with it. I'm still learning new things about how to do it. But I've gotten great relief. Um, and one of the reasons for that is meditation. Um, so I started it then. And I slowly got, I got chance on it later on. And then Chance was saying, actually, I'm really, I was really excited to hear about how our other friend um, has started doing it and is enjoying it and is finding it helpful, and that really warms my heart. Um, so that's sort of me helping them find their balloon in a way. Um, and, yeah, so I really recommend this to you guys. Um, going back to the point of even if you try it and don't like it, we, just, we do ask you to, to try it um, because we're, we're talking, I'm talking directly out of my, experience, my hard experience over the past year. Um, so anyway, the Calm app is what we and me and Chance use. Um, there are other apps out there, but the Calm app we do know, at least at the point that I got in and I think Chance did too, you get seven days um, that is a, a free trial basically to see if you want it or not. And that's a perfect example of um, you trying it and seeing what it does for you um, and seeing how you feel about it and see whether you think it's worthwhile. And I think that's how we need to take on any of our habits or any of our challenges coming out of these episodes, especially if it's something like a regular uh, built-in habit um, for you to try. So, and, I, and we think that that seven-day trial is the perfect opportunity for you to sort of um, try it out and let us know, or try it out for yourself, what the things we have experienced. So, the tools we've used. Yeah. So, Chance, you got anything else? If not, I'm ready to wrap, my man. I, I was literally going to use the rap, word wrap. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's a wrap. All right, well, uh, we love you guys, and we hope that you have a great week if you're listening to this um, more live as it's going out. Um, but if not, um, we will see you in the next episode regardless, and we hope that you will try out meditation. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.